I know some people got uh, snow, not happy about it. I had ice on my car this morning, and I was a little bit upset, but we don't want to talk about it. It's okay. It's warming up now, nice and sunny down here in Georgia. I hope you guys are uh, defrosting. I guess this will be a week from now, so it should be good. Hopefully, we'll see what uh, weather throws at us. But all that to say, welcome, guys. It's weird. I'm confused because I'm recording this on a Thursday. I normally record on a Tuesday, but... If you're listening to us on Thursday, I'll be in Texas. Our church staff is going to Texas to go to the Watermark Leadership uh, Conference. And so we will be down there learning how to be better pastors, I hope. We're going to be diving in with a bunch of stuff and hopefully uh, learning a lot. And maybe, you know, I can have some of that and uh, throw it into my podcast and plagiarize a little bit there. Just kidding, but not really. But hopefully there's a lot of takeaways for the whole team. I am excited. So... Jumping in to the first segment today, we've got our shout-outs, and uh, this one comes from yours truly. Um, I'm going to be shouting out the Kids Matter store, right? But uh, if you do not know, I'm a content creator for that store. I make games so that you guys can have an awesome time with your preteens and with your students. And today, I wanted to give you all something a little bit special. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, right, it's going to be April 29th, seven days from the day I'm recording. I'm trying to do the math. It is April 29th. So when you're listening to this on April 29th, there's going to be a promo code for you guys to go to version one of the You Are Where game on the Kids Matter store. I'm going to have a link to the game, and I'm going to have the promo code. The promo code is in all caps. Use all caps. It's case sensitive. Where. W-H-E-R-E. And so when you go to buy, you are aware you're going to get an option to put in the promo code, put it in, you'll get this game for free because I like you guys. And this game is really fun and I'm excited about it. And so I want you guys to play it too. Um, And hopefully you will enjoy it as well. It's a satellite image game and you know you zoom in slowly on um, a natural wonder or man-made wonder from a satellite and your students have to guess what it is first to see who can get it um it's just super fun super cool um and i wanted to just kind of say thank you to you guys for being listeners and being supportive so this uh promo is going to go on for a week so until may the whatever that is fifth um, so you're going to have a week to grab this. So if you were listening to this between April 29th and May 5th, go grab yourself a free copy of You Are Where. Uh, remember, use the promo code WHERE. Jumping into story time now. It's kind of hard coming up with two stories in one week. Uh, I usually do it, you know, by the week, the last week huh? uh, before I record, but I'm recording both of these in one week. But today I met with uh, the kids pastor um, and just another dude. Um, we normally have four people. We go to a FCA, uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It's just an assembly before school for elementary kids. Um, and we get to share the gospel with them and, and have a lesson and songs and games. And so um, we started going there and we started meeting with um, with people right after. It actually happened by coincidence. They were there. We were there. We both went to a restaurant. It's actually Chick-fil-A uh, right after and ended up hanging out. And it became a uh, tradition at this point. Um, but the point of this is, um, they are both dads. They have two kids each. They are married. They are established. They have, you know, jobs and, and all of that ready to go. I am a college student. 
I'm about to get married, but still, I am not at the same place of life. And my point of this story is, I am sitting around these people who are at a different stage in life of me. And it's for a reason. Because I want to grow, and I grow by listening. Here's the thing is, I say maybe 10 words that whole breakfast, but that's because I am listening carefully to what they talk about. And they may talk about Little League Baseball for an entire morning. But there's still stuff to glean off of that. They talk about the relationship with their kids. They talk about the relationship with their wife. They talk about their jobs. They talk about all of these things. And I just get to listen and absorb and learn from them. And so I want to challenge you guys to surround yourself with people that are at different stages of life, who are uh, further down the road, who are more experienced in things, and just listen and enjoy them. So that's my story for today. And we are going to jump into the meat of the podcast. Let's get this started. So you may have been drawn in by the fancy title, but the the question I'm answering is, how do you get your students to work for you? Now, in your ministry, we've all got students. I would hope. We've all got kids that are there every single week. And that's the reality is, we have students on different levels, okay? And this all falls on the parents. It's not on the students, but we'll have our weekly students, our core group of students that we know we are going to see every week. The reality is the average church attender churches less than twice a month. So maybe one out of three weeks, you're going to see a student. And so the question is, what do we do with these core students who are there every single week? Okay. And whether you've got all ages, if you are from birth to high school, or you are, um, you know, kindergarten to fifth grade, or you're a preteen pastor, um, equipping your preteens in this area is key, okay? It's key to growing them into future disciples or current disciples. It is vital to uh, stoke the flame of leadership now, okay? So how? Right? We've got volunteers leading. We have, uh, you know, I have high schoolers that lead. I have adults that lead. Uh, we have people leading life groups and, and Sunday school, uh, large group, whatever it is. I have people who are leading. But what about my students? Am I giving opportunities for my students to lead? You see, we're missing a huge opportunity for neglecting to equip our students to lead. And so today I want to go through the two steps, why you should let your, your students lead and how to do that. So maybe I've tickled your fancy and that's an awful way to say that you're interested in what I'm saying, but we're going to go with those words. Maybe I've tickled your fancy. Maybe you're not convinced or maybe you want some more reinsurance. Why? Why Sam? Well, why should I let my preteens lead? Because like I remember myself in sixth grade, I was a mess. I could not lead. And so we may be thinking, what's the point? What's the point of having these leaders? And, and first, uh, I want to start off with it's easy to underestimate teens or preteens. Uh, the reality is they can do a ton more than they are given. And honestly, they kind of battle with that. Preteens are at this age where they're developing and growing exponentially, and they want to take on responsibility, but they're so often neglected or they're undervalued or they're just, you know, looked over. And so they want an opportunity. Um, and they can do a ton more than we give them credit for. And they have big ideas. So giving them an outlet is a great. So point number one, that was my disclaimer, is uh, when we allow preteens to lead, it fosters and equips them to lead later down the road. 
So when we give them small responsibilities now, right, ones that they can handle, it leads to them taking on larger ones as they move on down the road. I began leading in seventh grade uh, in my old church's youth band, right? I was the drummer. I was miserable. I was so bad. There was no way anyone in the right mind would let me lead in this form on the stage. But since I was allowed to lead, since I was given the opportunity to lead, it fostered the desire that led me to becoming a stronger leader, eventually leading others and in a life group, and ultimately me leading an entire ministry as a pastor. This one step of allowing me to lead in seventh grade built up in my life to the point that I became a pastor. So when we allow preteens to take charge, we water a seed of leadership. We, we allow them to grow in an area that could grow exponentially later. We might just start the roots of this. Okay, They could be awful leaders. They could be terrible. They could skip every other week. They could constantly leave the responsibilities. But we could be planting a seed in these students that will lead them to be leaders in their realm. And so, with that, not only does leading, uh, leading, not only does allowing students to lead grow their leadership, but it grows their kingdom impact. When a student feels like they have a stake in the church, they will continue to contribute. They are going to continue to give to this church that they are invested in. So leadership doesn't just grow their, their like world leadership, their um, everyday leadership. It grows their faith. As they serve in the church, uh, they grow their love in it. They're invested. They're serving. Um, and they're growing the kingdom of God with their service, okay? Even if it's just welcoming students, they are having a kingdom impact. And preteen age is such a pivotal, pivotal age for students and their faith choice on whether they're going to stay or walk away from the faith. Um, so when we give them a commitment to the church, when we, when we show them that they can make a difference, when we can show them that their investment is worth it, we are giving them a much larger stake in the church. We are giving them the ability to grow their kingdom impact and their kingdom commitment. Finally, when we allow students to lead, uh, we promote ownership of the ministry. So you might have a kid's ministry with first through uh, fifth grade, first through sixth, however you do it. We may have a preteen ministry. I have fourth, fifth, and sixth. Some people just have fifth and sixth. So all of this is so dependent on your church, but these principles are the same. You see, when we allow them to lead, we promote ownership of the ministry. Students often just attend, even the weekly attenders they don't feel like they have much past listening and participating in the lesson. So when we allow students to lead, we allow them to own their ministry. They own it. This is their ministry. They are invested. They are bought in. And they are all in. And so in turn, this is going to lead to junior high, high school, college, career, and so on. And when we show preteens they can own and make a difference at an early age, we're just going to empower them to lead more. So allow them to uh, own it own their ministry, invest in their ministry. Not only that, but the preteens who are observing your preteen leaders are going to start getting involved. They're going to start wanting to be a part of this team. They're going to start wanting to make an impact as well. As they see that other preteens could do it, they are going to be empowered as well. I 100% attribute my leadership right now to the fact that at an early age, people invested in me. 
They allowed me to leave, even if I was bad, even if it was ugly. So those three reasons, that's why I want to call on you guys to allow your preteens to lead, okay? It fosters and equips them to lead. It raises their stake in the kingdom and the impact that they have. And it gives them ownership of the ministry. So that's the why. That's what we want. That's why it matters. Now let's look at how. How do we get them to own their ministry? Well, for starters, create an identity for students to have as leaders. If I just tell my sixth graders, hey, you guys are going to be leaders. This is what you're going to do on a Sunday. Some may care, but most of them aren't. Most of them are not going to own their roles. They're not going to own their place in the ministry as leaders. They're just going to, I mean, I guess, feel some sort of responsibility. But if there's no separation, there's no delineation, what's the point of being a leader? So uh, make it something worth investing. Create a name, right? Something catchy. If I were to call it four or five, six student leadership, I mean, that's fine. That's a name. But that isn't as catchy as, you know, like PLT, preteen leadership team, or SIA, students in action, you know? It can be as cheesy or uh, cool or hip or modern or whatever you want. But give your students an identity, something they can wear on a name tag, something they can put on a shirt, something that they can identify with. Yeah, I'm part of the PLT. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a preteen leader. PLT. So help them identify with it, okay? You got the budget, dude? Print them t-shirts. If you're balling on low cash, cool. Buy some cheap lanyards and print out leadership badges with your office printer, whatever it is. Give them something that gives them identity. And then ask them to, 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 to carry that out, right? Hey, come with your lanyards each Sunday so we know who's on leadership. Or come with your t-shirts, come with your uh, hats, come with whatever it is that identifies you as someone on leadership. And then have a clear system, okay? Write out leader expectations, roles, rules, etc. Uh, do you want your students to just, just be leaders? Do you want them to be readers? Do you want them to help with the tech? Uh, maybe a new student buddy like I talked about last week. Are they going to be on stage, right? Give them space and direction to lead in areas they enjoy. Let them rotate around, okay? Some are great in the spotlight and some love the dark corner of the AV booth, okay? So make sure you're catering to all of these leaders. Each of those students are leaders, so make sure you cater to that. Number two is go beyond Sunday mornings and partner with parents along that, okay? If your leadership is just students showing up on Sunday mornings, you may not be conveying enough for students to grow or take ownership in the ministry. So give students expectations. Uh, I've seen ideas like a monthly training. Maybe they need to arrive 30 minutes early, um, and this is where parents come in, right? They're just as much committed to the uh, to the ministry as your students are at this point. So have them sign an agreement for like a whole or a half year. Um, sit down with the parents and talk through what their students are going to be like. Uh, make leadership more than just a, yeah, welcome aboard, welcome to the team. Make it a commitment, make it something worth investing in, and have your parents on your side, okay? And then prepare them, equip them to lead, work with them, and don't expect perfection or anything close to this matter. There's a principle that I live by that um, sometimes in ministry, we are going to let people do something worse than we are able to do it. But in allowing them to do something badly over us doing it good, 
We are allowing them to grow. And this I heard on uh, the Watermark Leadership Podcast, so I might plug that as well later. Um, but he, uh, one of the people said, when somebody can do something 60% as good as I can, I'm willing to hand that off to them, okay? So you may start with a preteen who can welcome students 20% as well as you can. But grow them and prepare them and equip them each week, and eventually they might work themselves up to 40 or 60 or 80 or 120% as well as you can because preteens have their own unique abilities. So don't discount them. Be prepared to sacrifice quality for the price of growing students. And finally, numero tres. Give time and space and encouragement for these students, okay? Preteen is stressful. They're worried about people judging them. They're worried about what people will think about them. So give them space to grow, okay? They're going to fail bad, okay? Uh, They may get caught up uh, in stage fright and squeak out a few words in a three-minute time frame, or they may uh, accidentally shut the lights off mid-message on the uh, light board, or abandon a new visitor for the call of Gaga Ball and sports. But whatever they do, practice patience and graceful redirection with these students, okay? Guide them and allow them to learn from their mistakes um, and explain these, okay? Encourage them to practice, own their mistakes, uh, and the sooner that they can start owning these mistakes, right, they can take their leadership to the next level. They can learn and they can grow on their own, okay? Uh, But we also have to make sure we're, like, keeping our students in check, per se, Okay, don't ignore or justify their mistakes, right? If a student leaves a new student to go join a game and, and doesn't take them with them, have a conversation with that student. Say, hey, you've left a new student, and they may not know anybody here, and you could have, you know, I mean, made them feel alone or made them feel not worth it. Uh, have a conversation um, and make sure that they know that they're committed, what commitment looks like, and what it means to be a leader. Um, and then at the same time, remember they're 10, 11, or 12, or whatever age you have as leaders, and they're going to mess up and they're going to make mistakes. The reality is a preteen is never going to be able to do what an adult volunteer can do, right? They're not going to replace key jobs, um, and they're going to need guidance, okay? Having a preteen leader is more often going to take more effort on a Sunday than take effort off of you. But the small things that they do now are going to have such a huge impact on your li- on their lives on students' lives, and on your ministry, and the future ministries down the line that get them, okay? So don't miss out on the ability to minister to these students in such a powerful way. As we recap this one more time, how we can allow our students to learn is identify or create an identity for your students to carry. Create an identity for your leadership team so that they can have something to hold on to. Number two is go beyond Sunday mornings and partner with parents as well. Train these leaders outside of Sundays and group with parents. Let them be a part of this leadership as well so that they can grow their students. And number three, give space, time, and encouragement. Allow these students to grow and learn from their failures and teach them how to be leaders in this. So that's it for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed Um, I really enjoyed this podcast, and hopefully next week I'll be coming with some fresh new wisdom from the Leadership Podcast. Um, But with that, you guys rock, and I will see y'all Monday for our nugget. Later.